Hi, welcome back to the Sunday episodes of Stories at Work. Episodes where I've been sharing stories to help you build your story bank. Stories that you can use in business. Today's episode is going to be a little longer. We have two stories. Stories of two doctors, both based in the 1840s. Let's start with the first story. The year is 1846 and Dr. Ignaz Semmelweis has just been appointed as an assistant doctor at the Vienna General Hospital. The Vienna General Hospital is a teaching hospital. It has two maternity wards where in one ward interns or intern to be doctors are trained and in the other midwives are trained. Now in this time a lot of pregnant women used to die at childbirth due to something called puperal fever or childbed fever. And the popular belief was this was caused by miasma or poisonous air. You know, you have to remember this was the time of early industrialization. The sewage systems, etc., and the municipalities had not yet formed well, and there was always dirt all around. And so the belief was it was this poisonous air causing this problem. Now, the deaths in these two maternity wards really uh, sort of was troubling Ignaz Semmelweis, and he wanted to know if he could do something about it. So he started collecting data. After six months of data collection, he saw that there was something very different between the data that he collected for these two wards. The death rate due to childbed fever was far higher in the maternity ward run by the to-be doctors. It was close to 10%, whereas in the one run by midwives, it was about 2.9%. He started looking at what were the differences in these two clinics and started trying to see if he could equate them. He looked at, you know, was the instruments different, etc. And as he changed each variable, nothing changed. He even looked at changing stuff that didn't make sense, like the time of the priest's visit, but nothing worked. His aha moment came with the death of his friend, a very unfortunate accident where uh, his friend in the hospital, a pathologist called Jacob Koleska, died. Koleska had cut himself during one of the autopsies that he did every day and by evening he had picked up some issue where he started get, getting very feverish. Now. Uh, Semmelweis had seen that his symptoms of fever was very similar to the one that pregnant women had before they contracted childbed fever. The very next day, Jacob Koleska died. So Semmelweis went to the administrators and said that he would like to do the autopsy on his friend. And during the autopsy, he saw that the pathology of his friend, uh, Goletska's body, was very similar to the pathology of the pregnant women who died of childbed fever. So he realized that there was something similar. Now, he had also noticed that the doctors that were the trainee doctors would usually spend the morning in the autopsy chamber uh, under the training of Jacob Goletska. And in the afternoon, they would go to the maternity wards and, and be trained there. These were the days well before, maybe close to two decades before uh, Louis Pasteur's discovery of germs. So Semmelweis concluded that there were some kind of death particles that these doctors were actually picking up during the autopsy and that was going into the maternity ward that was run by the doctors or the trainee doctors. So he instituted a very stringent hand wash process using a solution of lime and chlorine. And very quickly, the death rate, the mortality rate at the maternity ward run by the doctors, interns, came down dramatically. It almost matched the one in the midwives. Then Semmelweis discovered that some of the interns were bypassing the system and it became much more stricter. And the next two months, there was zero deaths, zero deaths in the clinic. And so with all this data, he rushed to the uh, hospital administrator and said, see, this is what is causing childbed fever. It is not miasma. It is these death particles. And they laughed at him. They said, Dr. Semmelweis, you know nothing. It is miasma. And the more they 
objected, the more angrier he got, the more he tried to throw data at them. Finally, it got to a place where he was sacked. And as he was sacked, very quickly, the hand wash process was dismantled and the death rate shot up. That's the first story. Now, let's move across the waters to London. In London, we have Dr. John Snow. No, not the John Snow of Game of Thrones. This is the old Dr. John Snow, the year 1848. This is the third attack of cholera that is running, rampaging through London. Now, to give you a bit of background, John Snow came from a very middle class, actually a very poor family. But his mother sort of really wanted him to study hard, so he used, she used all her inheritance to put him into education. And just coincidentally, all the initial internship that John Snow had done through his school, through his college, was with doctors. And he had seen these doctors battle with cholera. Cholera started in India in 1831-32, travelled through China, through Europe and landed in, in London in 1833. Each time cholera happened, 10 to 20,000 people lost their lives. And the popular belief around this time was again that cholera was caused by miasma or poisonous air. Even London, the sewage systems were very rudimentary. Most people had a cesspit in their house and there was a stink in the air. But uh, John Snow did not believe that this was miasma. He had seen many incidences that made him doubt this, one of which was he had seen an incident where a sailor had died uh, in an in a inn and not everyone else in the inn had died of cholera because if it was poisonous air, it should have imp impacted everybody else. Now, he was a little more reputed than uh, Ignaz Semmelweis in Vienna. He had a name for himself because he was uh, one of the well-known anesthetics of that time. And in fact, he had been called uh, to help deliver the last two children of Queen Victoria uh, by using chloroform during the birth. But his theories, people weren't believing. So he was waiting for a turn to find out more data. And that first time came in uh, 1848 when cholera again uh, hit London. And he kept looking for some clues that would tell him that it was water. And finally, he thought he had found it. He had found a street where there was, you know, packed houses on both sides of the streets. And only on one side of the street, there were lots of deaths. Close to every house in one side of the street, someone had died of cholera. Whereas on the other side of the street, only one person had died. And he tried to figure out what was the difference. And he saw the difference was that in both sides of the street, the sewage pipe was lying running in the same direction. But the water well in the side of the street, which a lot of people had died, was downstream from the sewage pipe. Which means if any contamination happened in the pipe and it leaked into the tube well, that's where the disease would have come from. Whereas on the other side, the tube well or the water well was on the upstream. So with this data, he actually wrote a paper in 1849 called The Mode of Communication of Cholera, and he went to town, to hospitals, to administrators, to municipal boards, but no one listened to him. Everyone said, Dr. John Snow, you're mad. It's miasma. He waited for another episode of, uh, of cholera, another epidemic, so that he could find more data. And that happened in 1854. 1st of August 1854, cholera strikes London again. And this time it is very concentrated, concentrated around an area in Soho, very close to where Dr. John Snow lived. And he rushed when he found out that, you know, people were dying in that area. And most of the deaths were around one street in Soho called Broad Street. He started going around and knocking on doors and trying to find out who died and under what circumstances. Obviously, people banged the door in, in his face. He was a stranger. So he went ahead and went to the local uh, parish and uh, sort of took the priest from there, 
someone called Henry Whitehead took his help to now go and meet those um, residents again. This time he was successful. People gave him data. And he created this famous John Snow map of cholera. With little dashes, he marked all the houses where there was deaths and with the dashes, the number of deaths. And with little round marks, wherever there was a water pump from where people had taken drinking water. And what he saw in the final analysis was that most of the deaths had happened where they were closest to the water pump on 40 Broad Street. He investigated more and he found out that at 39 Broad Street, two days ago, a little baby marked currently in the municipal records as Baby Lewis had somehow contracted cholera. The mother had agreed that she, the little baby had dysentery and the nappies were thrown into the cesspit near 40 Broad Street. And so he realized that it must have been that waterborne thing that went into the uh, well there and people drank water from that. Now, before he ran with that data, he tried to look at whether there was any abnormalities that he had to explain. One was that a little far away, there was a lot of deaths. And uh, those deaths were not closest to this water pump. There was another water pump close by. When he investigated there in the 10 houses, he found that five of them had children who studied in Broad Street. So obviously they were drinking water here. And in three of them, the families actually drew their water from Broad 40 Broad Street because they found the water to be tastier. So that was explained. He then looked at a, a workhouse where lots of people stayed like, like a hostel and with even though there were a lot of people, very less deaths. And he went there and found out they had their own hand pump explained. The third uh, abnormality was a brewery, a huge brewery, very close to 40 Broad Street, no deaths. He went and found out they never drank water, they drank their own beer. Now, with all that data, he rushed to uh, the municipality and he said, this is how it happened. You know, three days ago, little baby Lewis, etc., etc., this, this and this. And then the municipality believed him. The first thing they did was they took off the handle of the hand pump at 40 Broad Street. Now, may, may have been a bit of a coincidence because cholera was coming down. But what was visible was as soon as that hand pump handle went out, cholera almost stopped. Right. And when the next time cholera struck London in 1858, the municipality put out these uh, posters which said, boil water before drinking. So the question I have for you is, why did Dr. John Snow succeed and why did Ignaz Semmelweis fail? And that is because John Snow told a story. Why is that important? Because the doctors in Vienna and London had a belief, a belief that miasma caused these diseases. They had a story in their head and you can never beat a story with facts. You can only replace it with a more powerful story. And that is the power of a story. I hope you liked both the stories.